Help me. I'm drowning. Help me. I'm dying. I can't swim. <laughs> and then a huge bubbles come up. <laughs> oh, that poor girl. Right. Now, that was like one of those moments that felt real animated because she ends up in the movie later on as if nothing happened. Like she didn't just die or lose breath. Mm-hmm. I just it just seemed like a family guy joke where she dies and then the next scene she's just fine. And do you remember she was the girl scout in the first one too? Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that she was not playing the same character. Yeah. They just got the same actress. And you know who the actress was? Who? Mercedes uh, McNabb? Yes, Mercedes <laughs> McNabb from Buffy and Angel. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. She's a great character on that even. She was. She was very good. Well, welcome everyone. This is Movie Geek and Proud. I am Rob. I'm Sean. And if you did not listen to our last episode yet, uh, Brazil, episode 65, at the end of the episode we did mention that November is going to officially be our last month on Movie Geek and Proud. For now, we're putting the show on hold so we can continue focusing more on our sister show, Brunch with the Hollowells, as well as Sean's uh, venture into his own podcast, Once Upon a Time, a Cult. Once Upon a Cult. Once Upon a Cult. (laughs) My bad. Once Upon a Cult. And this just gives us more time to focus on that, as well as record for Movie Geek and Proud in a more sporadic uh, pace. Uh, The show is not ending. It's just not going to be in its structural bi-weekly uh scheduling and we're gonna build a backlog try some new things gather up a lot of episodes for us to have in the backlog and and come back more uh refreshed and and better as soon as we um sort of wrap up some of the other shows that we have going on but so this one will be our last one and we decided to do adam's family values uh, so let's do our question of the week to start us off. Question. How exciting. <laughs> Name a movie family you would like to be a member of. Well, I had to ask this. I mean, everybody loves the Adams family, but what did everyone else say the family they wanted? The film flamer said the Pascals from the House of Yes. They're all crazy, but I'd have a good time. Have you seen that? I have not. Technically, if you're not thinking about planes, trains, and automobiles, the House of Yes is the go-to Thanksgiving movie. Okay. Because that whole family gathers up on Thanksgiving. How cute. Yeah. Parker Posey's in it. (gasps) You know how I feel about her. You should watch it. And Freddie Prince Jr.'s in it. You know how uh, he's... Oh, he's amazing. Watch it for him. Watch it for him. <laughs> Ever since I saw him as a very effeminate nanny, I just don't like him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get this. So, Freddie Prince Jr., he just got a role on the revival of Punky Brewster. What? Yes. Did you know there was a Punky Brewster revival? I think I did remember hearing about that. Yes. So, Punky Brewster has two kids, I think. And she sees this little girl that reminds a, reminds her a lot of herself when she was her age. And I think she's also homeless as well. So mm-hmm. they may take her in. Freddie Prince Jr. is going to play her husband. How cute. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be fun. And Punky is back. That, she's, the yeah. actress? Yes. Nice. Moon Fry is going to come back to play her. So, yeah, that should be fun. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people say this so drunk netflix reviews podcast brad from the cinema guys um the contrarians podcast replay value podcast couch crunchers podcast and from instagram 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 r metkovic all said the same answer wow the incredibles the (sighs) par family which was going to be my answer for the show but yeah, uh, I think it was uh, Drunk Netflix Reviews who said it first, and then it just spiraled. Like, everyone was all about the Parr family. Of course you want to be a part of a family with powers. Why not? 
when I saw that answer, I was like, mm, maybe I'll use that as my answer. But now I can't because everybody used that answer. Everyone used it. Yeah, a lot of people said the pars. Um, did you see any other good ones? Um, yes, the IMDb Journey and the Bingeables podcast both said Paddington's family. The Browns. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did see that. Now, I had never seen that movie, but two podcasts who are from different countries both came to the same conclusion. That movie must be really good. I've heard good things, but that first trailer put me off so much. Yeah. I thought it was such a gross, disturbing trailer. Mm-hmm. No, I don't blame you. I still haven't seen it, but that family must be legit. Mm-hmm. Um, Tara Wil- Wilcoxon uh, from Twitter said, Charlie's family from So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that would be a fun... Um, That'd be a fun family to be a part of. Mm -hmm. This one actually is one that I considered too. Mario Vember said, definitely the McAllisters from Home Alone. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be fun to like stay over at a family's house like that and just have everybody there. It'd be stupid. So read what I wrote under the gift. So the gift is uh, the family scrambling around a pack because they woke up late. What did I write? No joke. One of the best choreographed scenes in film history. <laughs> it is. Oh my god! I just like how that scene was filmed. I just, yeah. I just think it's. I just think that's a cool scene. You know what's funny is Anthony and I. He's watching um, Shit's Creek for the first time, and he's like, "I need to see Catherine O'Hara in something where she's a normal person." So I was like, "Well, we could watch Beetlejuice, or have you seen Home Alone?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Has she played normal before? I think Home Alone's her most normal. I would say that too. I mean, any all of her Christopher Guest movies, she's she's a you know just an average woman. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, those movies I would definitely have him watch. Uh, I forget who she played in Best in Show, but I think she was the funniest in that one. She was the wife of Eugene Levy. Yes, I, yeah, but I didn't know. Like, did she play like a heavy eccentric person, like Schitt's Creek, or was no, it just a? She was more normal. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Colby Mack said the Jetsons. That would be a nice family. Yeah, that'd to be, be fun. A part of. Mm-hmm. Especially in the future. Now, I wonder when everybody was answering this, do they picture themselves in the immediate family or an extended part of the family? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, of course, when I answered my question, it was an extended part of the family. I don't. I didn't see myself immediate, but yeah, I just want to be related to them. It's kind of exciting because I don't know how you answered it until I listened to the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I should bring up to everyone. We actually are trying something different because you know me. I got to be different with the show. <laughs> so um, Sean and I uh, have a lot of respective friends who wanted to be a part of Adam Sandler Values recording. So just like Hocus Pocus, we did a two-part episode. Well, in this one... I decided that we should um, split the episode in two. Sean is going to record his full uh, episode and review of Adam Sandler Values with his two friends, while I will do the same respectively with mine. So after Sean and I depart, we are going to have you listen to a spliced episode of with... Um, with snippets from both of our conversations. It won't flow as if we're all in the same room, but you're going to get two different aspects on how Sean hosts and how I host, <laughs> but also the opinions and um, and thoughts on Adam's Family Values from four other special guests that we have who have all been on the show before. So, uh, Sean, but what do you think about Adam's Family Values just as a whole? Was it fun to watch it again? This movie, like, it's such a family favorite of my family. Like, we grew up with the Adams family, and I remember seeing the first one in theaters, but the second one just blew us away. Like, Debbie is everything. Mm-hmm. Wednesday going to summer camp is everything. This was my introduction. Well, I guess not really. I was gonna say to um, uh, Christine Bransky. Oh, but yeah. I don't know if I saw this or Cruel Intentions first. Probably this. I'm sure I've seen Cruel Intentions first, but then I'm also thinking about The Ref as well. And I okay. think The Ref may have come later. But uh, Baranski definitely stood out. You know, don't we wish they would just die? <laughs> but no, we don't. <laughs> she just retracts. No, we don't. 
Debbie Jelinski is a, a big influencer in this movie. And of course she just stands out with all the other divas that we love from other movies. And she's just so quotable. Sean, what are some of the things that you love about like anything quotable from Debbie that you just like so much? One of the ones that stands out to me and it's so funny and so sad is when, um, Fester's like, give me a kiss. And she's like, give me a 20 <laughs> and then he starts digging for a 20 that's so sad it's so sad i mean she just turns it on right away once they're married before they can even get in the car she's like annoyed because she has to throw the bouquet <laughs> yeah but um no i like when she attempted to kill him in the in the um bathtub and it didn't work and so she's in bed she was like i'm not angry I'm upset or no, she said, she said something like, I'm not sad or I'm just upset or disappointed. She said, mm-hmm. and I was just like, Oh, that's so sad. She was like super pissed. <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> I do quote that death scene a lot when she's like, would you die for me? <laughs> <laughs> Promise. <laughs> no, another one though, is when she's got the bomb in the bug. She was like, don't open it. It's a surprise. And she's, he's like, it's a bomb. What? <laughs> Just figured it out. <laughs> so funny. And of course, like the obvious Malibu Barbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's not who I was. That's not who I am. That's not who I, I was. I was a ballerina. <laughs> Graceful. Delicate. <laughs> Do you think Debbie would have stood out as much if it was any other actress? I don't think she would be as believable. I mean, I don't think that anybody else could have been. Well, not anybody else. I mean, there's a lot of other people that could have played this part, but it's great that she did it because she was cheesy, but she was like real kind of cheesy. Like she, she was just enough cheesiness that she fits into this movie she, like she didn't stand out if that makes sense okay that makes sense she didn't stand out at all she did exactly what she was supposed to do and she was hilarious but she was also a believable fucked up serial killer yeah in like and i i believed every moment of it like her digging up the ring and just smiling while the you know the lightning's <laughs> going off or even when Fester was getting electrocuted and she was just ha ah, ha just smiling and just yep. gracefully just being like, oh, he's dying. And, you know, my husband was in the house. <laughs> and then she starts laughing, you know, like, yeah, I, I think she was great. I can't wait to watch it again. I know. It's so good. And oh, my God, when she was driving back to chase him. She's like, move it, move out of the way. <laughs> I used to quote that really? all the time. Every time I'm in the car, like in the backseat, I'm just like, move out of the way. She's yeah, she's she's just awesome. And for some reason, got her hair permed and was like, you know, in laws, and her hair was all like styled up. I don't know how she did that on the way home, but mm-hmm. yeah. That was really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, we're going to go off and um, interview our, our our special guests. And next you'll hear snippets from both our episodes. So I'm here with Jesse and Chris. Hello. Hello. How are you two? We are doing great. Mm-hmm. All right. And like we said, this is one of our last episodes for a while. So thank you for joining as two veterans of guesting on the show. Happy to be here, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> and we have a newcomer to the show, someone who I've been trying to get on this damn show for a while, but it's very fitting she's here. This is my sister, Jenny. Hello. How are you? Good. Fabulous to be here. You're disgusting. <laughs> so just as a quick reminder, my favorite movie is Dark Knight. Chris's is Mean Girls. <laughs> Still makes me giggle. Just because you, don't, you don't present judge yourself me. as so dark. And then you're like, <laughs> Mean Girls. 
And then Jesse, yours is Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Jenny, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Drop Dead Gorgeous. All right, so Drop Dead Gorgeous. Why is that your favoritest of all movies? It's got the best movie quotes. That's true. Yeah. And you get to do the accent. They're applicable <laughs> to everyday life. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I feel like the movie we did today is very quotable, too. Question. Let's start with Jenny. I would like to be a member of the Despicable Me family. Because Gru would make a really rich dad. And he adopted all of them, which is a great mix. And then the minions would just be really entertaining. Okay, Despicable Me is a good one. I support this. Chris? Um, I'm going to say I want to be part of the Skywalkers because, I mean, you get to have Jedi powers and you just get to be a part of saving the universe. There's, like, so much family drama there. That's worth it. Okay, you, know? <laughs> you get the Force. Exactly, you get the Force. Jesse. Okay, I had a tough time, but the first thing that pops into my head, so I'm going to go with it, I don't even know their name, is the family from Father of the Bride and Father of the Bride Part 2. Because they're rich, and <laughs> the parents seem lovable, and they're funny, and there's a lot of hijinks. So I'll just be a part of that. Okay. You're right. You didn't have a very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on the rich thing. Yeah. 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 They had a nice house. So I chose, because I feel like it is my family anyway. I chose the Dietzes from Beetlejuice. Because oh. I'm like the Lydia who goes around all dark talking about ghosts. And my mom and dad are totally like, whatever. You're just weird. Did you choose that because you want to be an only child? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I want to be an only child. All right, David. What is your answer to this week's question? <laughs> Yeah, so I was thinking about this really hard because most of the fictional families that I can think of are TV families, like the Belchers. I would love to be a Belcher. I would love to be a Belcher. Yeah, a I lot mean, of I the TV. I basically am Tina, so I'd fit right in. So I, I had to cast long and hard thinking about, uh, cast about long and hard thinking about um, what kind of uh, movie family I would be a part of. I decided on the Muppets. Okay, now <laughs> somebody else picked that, and I was They're family. I yeah. Well, I if 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 we're doing like geek and proud chosen family theme, they're very much a chosen family. I didn't. Okay, I'd no, no, no. Right I totally in. upset that. I just. It's funny how somebody else thought the same thing Aww, you did. That's very sweet. And was like, yeah, let's okay. do. Uh, you know, let's make them a family. So okay, the I Muppets. Why about that choice then? Okay, why'd you pick them? Um. Well, you know, I've loved the Muppets since I was a kid. They've been very important to my development as a human. Um, you know, unless you're on the show, they're, you're pretty much neglected. Like, you just won't see them ever because they'll be constantly working the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're all about, um, like, celebrating their own personal weirdness and, you know, achieving their dreams, uh, even when their dreams are outlandish. Um, and Kermit is very patient with them except for those times when he just like loses his mind <laughs> but they always they all look up to him they're like oh we believe in you and you believe in us and all that. And it's very sweet very cool and everybody can just be their own bonkers self all right noah what family would you like to be a part of i have an idea of what you're gonna pick but we'll see if i'm right it's gonna be the brady bunch yes maybe. of course i knew it was gonna be the brady bunch. and yes. you know i thought well it is a tv family but the adams family was also a tv family and a comic family and well, so they had their movies so they count they're in the running and the brady bunch movie is slightly different than the brady bunch tv show in that they're in the 90s and they're a family that's very out of place in the world, unlike the original series. So, um, also, I couldn't think of any other movie family. <laughs> I had lots to choose from. My immediate thought was uh, this family, the Pendergast. So, this family um, was from Easy A, the Emma Stone Scarlet Letter movie. So, 
Patricia Clarkson and Stanley Tucci, two of the best parents I've ever seen on film. (laughs) But they were just so liberal and left and just so, you know, like supportive. They had the adoptive little black kid and they were just very like (laughs) jokey and and just allowed their children to be free. I mean, Emma Stone was obviously on a very inappropriate mission at school and parents didn't give a shit. There was even that scene where like the mom had the dad in like some SM like sort of like role play thing oh or yeah I mean these parents didn't care. I just I like them. But um yeah there were a lot of other families that I had thought of. Um my backup would be the you know part of T'Challa's family from Black Panther. I mean rich as hell technology up the ass mm-hmm. i'm like get to kick it with sherry as a <laughs> cousin or a sister as a brother like that would be amazing but yeah there were some other families that i had considered so the movie that inspired this question of the week is uh adam's family values a movie that sean and i both love a lot uh more specifically because of uh joan cusack's character mm-hmm uh, she just speaks to the gays in such a way that no one else can really. <laughs> but uh, we we both wanted to do this uh, this film. So this was back in 1993. Uh, it was originally it originally premiered November 19th, 1993. So we're almost at its anniversary. Looks like good timing, right? Wow. I, and uh, so it was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. Uh, writers include, as far as the characters, uh, Charles Adams and Paul Rudnick, uh, Angelica Houston, Raul Julia, Christopher Lloyd, Carol Kane, Christina Ricci. I mean, the cast is just amazing. It budgeted at uh, $47 million estimated, with an opening weekend of $14 million plus. Grossed about forty eight million plus, almost forty nine million. Uh, do you guys have big memories of the first one? Just real quick. I honestly did not see these movies when they first came out. Um, probably having to do with my upbringing in my particular household. Although we did watch the TV show a bunch. Okay. So my Adams family memories are mostly of. John Aston and Carolyn Jones. Um, and I do remember later in life when I did finally sit down to watch these movies, I was very biased against them because <laughs> Carolyn Jones will always be my Morticia. <laughs> Fair. Um, so I don't really remember the first one that much. And I've only seen this one once before. Maybe I just arrived at a ma- more mature place, but I really enjoyed this. For me, um, Wednesday is my favorite character in this whole movie. Like she, her lines were so spot on and um, everything she says is so funny. Like, I don't even understand like how Christina Ricci was able to play this character and not just be laughing the whole time while she's delivering these lines. Um, But uh, I mean, she just did such a great job and I just feel like she really portrayed the character like super well. Yeah. I don't remember when I first watched this, but I definitely saw this first and a lot more. I've only seen the first one like one time and I didn't really like it. Wow. It was like this and Gremlins 2. Like I just saw those and liked them way better. And I just used to watch this all the time. I was a big Christina Ricci fan like this and Casper. And now and then she was like everything back in the 90s. So I, I say this, this from when I was a young teenager, not today. But if you pause now and then just right, you can see Devin Sawa's penis. Are you acting like I never did that? <laughs> I know exactly what scene you were talking about. That's why you wanted to watch my Now and Then movie. Yeah, I would always... Jenny, I just want to watch it alone in my room. <laughs> also, I hate to burst oh, but he was wearing underwear. Believe me, I've checked. <laughs> How about you, Noah? Do you remember the first one very well? I Well, I also watched the TV show when I was a kid. Um, I... I do believe that I saw these both the first and the second around. I don't know if I saw them in the theater, but I know I saw them around the time they came out. And I have a memory of seeing the first movie again sometime within the last several years. Okay. Um, so this the first movie is somewhat fresh in my mind, but it's been 
a long, long time since I've seen this one. Okay. How about you, Jenny? I think it made an impact because I come from an unconventional family. What? Yeah, just a little bit. And I think it just shows an unconventional family and that, like, it's okay to be a little dark and not be the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to watch this a lot, and it brought back a lot of memories, I think, when we watched it tonight, right before. One of the biggest things to me is just how many quotes and how many things I remembered from it. But, uh, yeah, no, I I would watch this a lot when I was a kid. And, again, the second one, at first, I will say that I didn't like it as much because it was sort of all over the place. And it not to say it was, like, chaotic. There was just so much going on. I felt it was a little distance from the family. But and, and, you know, they were also separated. I like when yeah. they're all together. Yeah. But, um, you know, as I got older, I started understanding more of the jokes and, you know, worshiping the goddess that is Cusack and <laughs> just appreciating for what it was. Right. I think I like it better than the first one in that um, the first one I felt relied really heavily on plot and this one felt more like a delivery system for jokes. And so I thought this one was funnier in, in that regard. Okay. Um, I felt like this one just had, it, it felt more packed with jokes than the first one. Um, the first one had the plot where Fester's been gone and then this woman brings him back. And is he really Fester? And he's pretending to be Fester, but then he's actually Fester. And, um, and the first one is good. It's fine. But I think this one was a lot better, and, and I think it gave sort of all of these kind of weird scenarios, like her giving birth and, um, you know, the funny stuff around her enjoying the pain. Yes. And then, you know, them being at the summer camp and the juxtaposition of these two crazy kids with all of these bright, sunny bitchy kids yeah um you know it just it put them in different situations that allowed for um comedy to happen um and i appreciate that i don't need it you know if it's a comedy i don't need a heavy plot i want jokes yeah i want funny what lines stick out so (laughs) 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 so my favorite is when they're going through the list of nannies and the black nanny is like, children, I need you to tell me where is that baby? And she says, which part? (laughs) Yeah, I think I like when Christine Bransky is like, don't we wish they would just die? And everyone goes, yes. And she's like, no, we don't. (laughs) That's just the best. And pastels. (laughs) But Debbie, pastels. Yes. I can't swim. <laughs> I rem- I really like the line where Fester asks Debbie for a kiss. Where he goes, give me a kiss. And give she me goes, a 20. Give me a 20. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say Morticia is probably my favorite as, as far as the movie um, counterparts go. Uh, just her consistency of character just being, like you said, very elegant and poised and like she has so much emotion built in that she doesn't let out, you know, especially again, when she goes into labor, that is beautiful (laughs) the way she gives birth, but like the light that shines on her eyes. She has great lighting. It, I just love it. It's a great running gag. Just very amazing. Like 1940s movie starlet beauty light across her eyes in whatever the lighting was around her. Well, right. It was always I, dark around her face. And then... The, I just love how the they pointed it out so clearly. Like, not only do you know that we're doing this, but we're also going to mess around with it mm-hmm. is when she's at Debbie's house and she walks in and then the light had to catch up yeah. and go on she her eyes. into the light. It wasn't talked about as much back then. My favorite line, I think, was when they were doing the swimming. One's <laughs> going to play the... What the, uh, the, victim. the victim, yeah, and the other one's gonna play the rescuer. Mm-hmm. And the little white girl goes, I'll be the victim, and she <laughs> says, All your life, <laughs> I can't swim. <laughs> well, and you know, the, the thing, the one that that actually stood out for me, which I didn't, I didn't realize when they're going through all the like misfits kids and they get to the little black kid and they're like, What was your name again? Jamal, Jamal, and and like, I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff we got away with, you know, 
in our movies and on like TV and stuff when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Any touch of diversity was just left to the wind and just looked at as outcast and weird yeah. and blonde and blue eyes. Notice the pink and blue palette, color palette that was going on throughout the whole camp. Okay. Um, even some of the parents were dressed in their, you know, gender role color schemes. Okay. And uh, yeah, this camp definitely was sort of an outcry of the difference between the two was that the Adams family were just so different from normal. But then they were also mocking the fact that everyone just kind of wants to be the same. Yeah. You know, meet up to the status quo or whatnot. Um, Then we meet Joel. So his parents, did you know, the father, that's Barry Sonnenfeld. If you didn't know what he looked like. Oh, okay. So the director had a little cameo in the film. And that mom with the Mr. Woo Woo. Oh, I love that line. <laughs> Chris and I say that. <laughs> Mr. Woo Woo. Mr. Woo Woo. Uh, so what did you guys think of the camp scenario? I had forgotten the, the speech they give near the beginning where they point out that it's a camp for privileged kids. So it's all rich kids. Like... It's not just a, a cheerful, like, because if it had just been any old summer camp, like some kids love summer camp, but this one specifically had an agenda. It was for privileged kids and it catered to them and it was like, you know, um, letting them indulge in their privilege, basically. And yeah, any, like the handful of kids who were uh, disabled or body non-conforming or of different ethnicities um so there was a lot of people in this movie um jenny you noticed our first one the nanny tell us about it oh yeah cynthia nixon from sex in the city but she's blonde in this yeah she has Mm -hmm. hair and she looked less like a lesbian (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i first noticed so some of the bigger ones of course peter mcnichol who plays the camp counselor do you guys remember him from anything Allie no. McBeal. Allie McBeal. He's also in Ghostbusters 2. Oh. He's the one who um, is possessed by the man in the painting and does his bidding. Yes. Oh. Isn't he oh. the key holder? Yes. The, the key master? No, that's not him. That's Rick Moranis. Oh. <laughs> we also had Christine Baranski, of course. Oh, which, I love her yeah. so much. This was my first introduction to her. I think it was mine, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercedes McNabb, who played the the blonde girl at the camp. Do we have any Buffy fans? Oh, who is she in Buffy? She was Harmony. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. The uh, Harriet Sansom Harris, uh, who was um, BB on Frasier. Oh, and yes. uh, gosh, what was her character on Desperate Frasier Housewives? Uh, she was also on Desperate Housewives. Um, Which character was this in the movie? Who was this? The mother of the bratty girl. Oh, okay. And I don't know who played the father, but they so were the, both funny. The father, I would have to look up his name. Um, he was on Drop Dead Gorgeous. He um, he played in a lot of other type movies. And again, like I said, his character is just... He always plays the guy that is like super racist and just the whitest man ever. He was also on The Wizard, if you guys remember that movie. Sam McMurray. Sam McMurray. Yeah, he was also on The Wizard uh, with Fred Savage and Luke Edwards. This one I've never noticed before, but I don't know if Jenny and Chris knows who this is, but Charles Bush. He's a drag queen. He did Die, Mommy, Die, and he did Psycho Beach Party. Oh, no. He was at one of the Adams. You mentioned seeing in the credits David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, I saw him in the credits. I don't remember what him from the movie at all that's because he had something over his face because he delivered pubert as the doctor i would never know and then we all noticed um tony shalhoub who plays monk Mm -hmm. was of course in the bar okay i just looked this up this is odd to me because just for the first time a few weeks ago i watched children of the corn yes so that's the the one who plays a child the child prophet in that movie is the one who played it. Yeah, that's, that's the, so yeah. weird to think about. Yeah, that's the one who played uh, Cousin It in, in the movie. And the guy who played uh, mm-hmm. the uh, who played Thing, all his credits are playing Hands in other yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, so um, the horror comedy Idle Hands with Devin Sawa, that was the same actor who played that hand that, you know, ran around once it got loose or whatever. 
So, yeah, no, he's used to <laughs> playing those parts. It would be really interesting to see how they film Literally him. playing that part. Yeah. Body <laughs> but part. do they put him in, like, a green suit or whatever to a green so. screen and then just, like, have his hand be the only thing visible, you know? Like I, remember, I remember a long time ago when I was a kid watching some sort of behind-the-scenes thing, and I remember sh- them showing him... I don't remember if he was in a green suit or what, but I remember them, he probably was, but I remember him being like on a skateboard and he was like laying on a skateboard and they would kind oh, of like roll that's, him that's a nice idea. as he was like walking his hand along the floor. Yeah. No, that's a nice idea. Tony Shalhoub, just like he is so recognizable. I, I remember seeing him, I think for the very first time that I could remember and be like, oh, that's Tony Shalhoub was... um. Galaxy Quest, <laughs> like man, his character on that movie was amazing. So then I go back to rewatch this, and I'm like, "Whoa, Tony Shalhoub was in this," you know. And okay, how did we feel about the writing? I mean, I thought it was super great. Like, it's it's. I mean, okay, so it's kind of cheesy. Like when you when you when you watch it as an adult, you're like, okay, like it's kind of cheesy, and like I feel like things kind of jump around a little bit. Um, but I mean. I, I felt like the jokes were all really on point. Um, I felt like um, it made sense for what, what they were trying to portray. Um, so, I mean, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I would agree. Especially for a sequel. I think they came up with a really good story that like really stands out on its own and not is just like, we don't know what to do with these people. So here, <laughs> like everybody got their own sort of thing. And I thought they did a really good job with it. I like how the storyline kind of, portrayed as a whole instead of just having an obvious start middle and end it had a bunch of almost little stories like what happened at the camp what was happening with gomez and morticia what was happening with fester and debbie so it's a bunch of little stories that played out and they just like even after debbie died that wasn't the direct end of the movie because then there Mm -hmm. was wednesday and her boy crush Mm -hmm. like there's so many little parts to it they're so cute together they really were. Yeah, I think um, one thing that I don't like about these movies is the emphasis on Fester, because Fester is not my favorite character by any means. Mm-hmm. He might be my least favorite character. Yeah. So I don't love that both of these movies center heavily on him. Okay. And I kind of wish they centered a little bit more on Gomez and Morticia. It's a really interesting... Um take on that because yeah both movies involve fester and his cash and um yeah i i think because there's not too much about his character like he would really get lost in the wind if it didn't focus on him and grandmama who is there as a supporting matriarch she does what she does Mm -hmm. and does it well even though her part is very small but you've got this predominant very kooky and zany person with nothing to do. All he is is just sort of a fart joke, to be honest with you. And which is not a bad thing, but again, he would really not have much going on if the story didn't focus on him. And then you just wonder is Gomez and Morticia just a one note joke with how infatuated they are with each other? I mean Joel I see that. points out like they seem to be very self-involved with one another. They just, you know, I mean, that's their thing. So I wonder if they even have more of a story, you know? They're, I mean, they're very relationship goals. Um, but no, I mean, like, not to keep dragging it back to the TV show, but I re- was re-watching a lot of the episodes during the month of October, and almost every episode is Gomez and Morticia decide to... Like, dude, we need to do this or we need to do that. Or, you know, the children need to be more cultured than what they're learning in school. Or we need to help this person. And they're they're trying to help that person goes hysterically awry because they have their own weird ideas of what helping that person would be like. That's, those are very common sitcom plots in yeah. the show. But it's always driven by Morticia and Gomez. Yeah. And Fester is usually sort of their sidekick, adding little explosive bits of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. So um, the baby plot was sort of a segue into the sequel, but like you said, we didn't get too much of the baby sort of shenanigans. The baby was just there to introduce the sibling rivalry mm-hmm. and the introduction to another plot, which was the camp. But did we like the baby? Do you think that was a wasted sort of, you know, 
plot turn or do you think that it made sense for them to add a new member to make it fresh for a sequel? Yeah. I thought it was fine. I, I, I kind of enjoyed the scene where they were going to chop the baby's head off mm-hmm. and then the baby stopped it. Mary Antoinette. Yeah. 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 I like the baby too. Yeah. I, I love babies who are super cheerful too. I mean, they couldn't have picked the better set of twins and surprisingly, in case anyone doesn't know as of today, those babies were actually played by female babies, mm-hmm. and they're they're pretty much grown now. I don't know if they're like out of college at this point, but yeah, they're pretty much grown women at today and um I, I didn't know until way further that they were played by you know girls because you know you would think you would just get a boy, but you know just work, but I you know there's some cheerful ba- babies, I yeah. like them. Yeah, you can't really right. tell the difference. So. I know. And and they're named Caitlin and Kristen with, with a K. Yeah. <laughs> which is like the most un-Adams family thing. <laughs> so the character of Debbie, let's dig into her a little bit. Because she has become just a huge gay <laughs> <K> icon. <laughs> like, for example, um, Jenny had a Moulin Rouge party. And we had a drag queen come and perform. Do you want to tell us the drag queen's name? I don't know the drag queen's name because it is ever evolving. Right now, I think it's still Anya Body. Is it Anya Body? Yeah. Okay. So the drag queen Anya Body came and performed, and one of the songs in the middle went into the Debbie rant, <laughs> which we also have a few songs that reference Debbie. Like she's everything. Why do you think she sticks out as such a gay icon? I mean, she's pretty fabulous. Got it. Got to admit that. Um, and I, I think just her whole, like, um, I guess kind of like the the powerful, like, impactful woman in a way. Like, even though, you know, she's a Black widow and, like, she's killing these guys. Like, she's very much like, you know, like, my money, I'm fierce. Like, everything is just, like, so on point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows what she wants and she, <laughs> she gets it. And she looks fabulous while she does it. And she has that killer monologue about Malibu Barbie. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, everybody knows the Malibu Barbie rant. Right. (laughs) Like, and who, like, plans to kill people with a prepared slideshow? (laughs) (laughs) She's bitchy. That's what it is. That's why we love her. That's how I plan to kill everyone. (laughs) Well, I think the funniest part about it is she stopped and took pictures. Like, she was killing her husband, (laughs) and she stopped and took scary things. She burned her parents' house down and she stopped and took a picture. <laughs> she knew she was going to be this light queen. Right. <laughs> well, there's there's a scene near near the end, in, during the climax, and she's about to electrocute them all, where she says something about, all I want is love, pause, and jewelry. <laughs> and I was like, why have I not seen that gif on more gays' Twitters? Right. I was also thinking, when she... When she entered the house, she's dressed in white and she's blonde. And it kind of made me think of Marilyn from The Munsters. The Munsters was a TV mm-hmm. show that was mm-hmm. created sort of in response to the Adams Family. And their little twist is one of one of their family members is actually a normal. normie. Yeah. <laughs> and she's this <laughs> lovely blonde girl who... Respected the family. She yeah, didn't feel totally, like she was like out this outcast. Feel, this or... is all very normal to her. And I... I I don't know if that was part of the inspiration for it at all, but like she walked in at first, it seemed like she was very accepting of everything that was happening. Of course she, she was accepting, but for her own agenda, but she gave me, yeah, Marilyn Munster vibes. Yeah. At first. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought John Cusack uh, was really funny and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Debbie Jelinski, I think is, is hilarious. Uh, during her monologue, <laughs> so this is funny. So, um, Redneck, the one of the writers, so he recalls that the whole set was laughing so hard during her monologue about oh. her, you know, her husbands and her parents and stuff. And this is specific. She says people were stuffing paper cups in their mouths to stop them from laughing because Joan was sublime. Mm. And watching her is a gift, is what Rudnick said. Uh, this film specifically, not the first one, but Family Values, because of Debbie Jelinski's character, was adapted for a Peaches Christ production. And so Jinx Monsoon, who is obsessed with Debbie Jelinski, 
if not, you know, um, uh, Madeline Ashton from Death Becomes Her, she got to play Debbie Jelinski, and I did not get to see this particular production. I was so mad because it didn't wasn't in L.A. It didn't come here, and Peaches Christ was Wednesday, and I would have loved to have heard her do this monologue. I think it would have been hilarious to watch Jinx do it. But, uh, yeah, it was nice to have this woman come in and just be like, oh, she doesn't care. Maybe she can be part of the family. And then, oh, look at that. She's a yeah. murderer. I mean, it feels obvious from the moment she steps like, into the house, yeah. the way they're playing her up, that there's going to be something more here than just, oh, we're introducing a new character to the family. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, you know, I did love that coat or whatever it is she's wearing at the top of the stairs when the Adams come okay, to visit yeah, her. Yeah. That's I feel like that's pretty iconic, that look. Oh yeah, yeah, no, of course. The cartoonish gag of turning Debbie into a pile of dust when she gets electrocuted. That was really amusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that her credit cards and her yes, shoes yes. somehow did not get destroyed <laughs> at all. Um I did I did think that was clever. Yeah. Why do you think these movies did so well as compared to when other people tried to do Adams. I think they captured the spirit in the right way. Like I think with the recent cartoon, they almost got there, but they didn't quite get there. And I don't know. I think a cartoon would be helpful, but I don't know if it's just their tone of voice. I just think that overacting that everyone did in this movie was just like perfect amount of being over the top but still funny and still believable. And I, I think that is a big, is a big part about it is like, they were able to portray this very like dark, morbid, like super outcast family, but make them funny. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the, the other, I guess, remakes, like even the, the, the current cartoon, like it was, it was cute. Like it, it portrayed them as a dark family, but it wasn't very much funny per se. Um, I mean, it had its, it's, it had a little one-liners, but like I don't like I wasn't just dying the whole movie like I am with Adam's Family Values. I feel like it's relatable. Like it's not that they're just dark, but it's that it's real family problems. Like your uncle marries a woman you might not like, or um, you get sent off to a camp where you don't fit in. So I feel like if you just portray them as dark people, it's hard for the audience to connect. But because it's like real things that people connect with, they just kind of nailed it on the head with that. It's very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, these are all regular issues, but extremized. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like over the top. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite parts, I don't, I can't explain to you why I laugh at this part so much. It's so simple and quick, but I just think it's hilarious. And it's towards the end when the baby is going through its own like, little choreographed way up into the attic but he gets shot up into the sky and (laughs) (laughs) just just goos and laughs in the airplane window (laughs) i don't know why i find that funny first of all because the baby is so happy (laughs) and i can only imagine being on a plane and just seeing randomly a baby just pop in the window but see she's so like desensitized from what she experienced yeah, at the right. Thanksgiving place. She's just like, I'm just going to shut this yeah. and like just chalk it up to that. I, yeah. I can't even explain and just it. Just that one little moment like shows she has really good comedic timing too. Just, yes. Just the, oh, the so speed, good. Like the exact speed at which she closes the yeah. window and the face that she makes, like that sells that moment. <laughs> There's so just good. so many little, like it has nothing to do with the rest of the plot of the movie. No. It's just a joke. And that's what, that's what I like about this movie. Yeah. So I do have, speaking of Debbie for Sean's sound booth time today, I have a little song called what about Debbie by a drag queen. You may have heard of her. Jinx Monsoon. Who? Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> she actually did a song with the Debbie monologue. So I thought it was perfect to pair with our movie today. So here is a little sample of it. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't enjoy hurting anybody. I don't like guns or bombs or electric chairs. But sometimes people just won't listen. And so I have to use persuasion. And slides. 
Do you think these movies could have been made today? I don't know. I like this is one of those things where like once like once you've seen it, you've seen the original, like you're you're kind of jaded and you're like I don't know if anybody could do it as well as they did. You know what I mean? I just mean in today's atmosphere like with all the child violence and oh, I spoken towards I, Yeah, I don't even know if it would fly nowadays with all that type of stuff that's going on. You know what I mean? Like the 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 even like the new Adams family uh, cartoon. It was kind of tame for Adam's family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they'd be able to do like the Thanksgiving scene, even though it was like a commentary on you know white privilege and everything. I still feel like they they had kids in like Native American garb <laughs> and that wasn't appropriate. So I think even though they were trying to say like how bad it was, I don't know that they would be able to do that in today's day and age. I think people would still get offended, even though they were trying to, mm-hmm. you know, speak for the Native American people and say, like, that was really messed up. I agree. I don't think it would be able to fly because it would be put under a microscope today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody would be like, that's not PC. <laughs> so I thought we would close out on one last question, and especially because Jenny's here. But we have a lot of sibling rivalry in this movie, mm-hmm. and we all have siblings. So what's something you remember about your childhood that was similar to something in Adam's family? I guess in my family, it wasn't with my sibling, but I have a lot of cousins that are the same age. And then about 10 years later, we had a baby cousin come and... There hadn't been a grandkid for like 10 years. So everyone went insane, like getting him toys, getting him this, getting him that. It was all about him. And when you're like 10, you're like, um, excuse me, why is he getting all the toys and all like, why does he get two blankets for my grandma? Why does he get a teepee in the backyard? Like we never got any of this. So I definitely understand that kind of like jealousy and being like, wait a minute, why don't we get the same amount of stuff? He's a baby. He doesn't even need it. <laughs> and then, you know, nowadays it's like, whatever, he was a baby. I get it. But when you're like 10, around that age, I definitely get wanting to like, let's kill this baby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not seriously. But, <laughs> but just being like, what is this? Why is this kid ruining our lives? Um, even though he's he's not going to listen to this, but you're cool. I'm going to send it to him. <laughs> Um, I'd say for me, so like my sister and I are, are really close and like we always kind of have been. Um, and so like for like Wednesday and Pugsley, like even though they, they you know, took their little jabs at each other all the time. Like if you notice, they're actually very tight knit. Like they always do everything together. Um, like they're always with each other. They always have each other's back. And like that's kind of how um, my sister and I are. Um, we basically tell each other everything. And um, so like that's kind of how I relate in that way. I'd say the same thing. Um, It's kind of them two against the world. And I kind of felt like that with Sean. But then there was also a shift that happened when I got a little bit older. I was kind of the smarter one that kind of took lead on things. And Sean followed with my evil plans. So I would say that was kind of where I felt very much like Wednesday and Pugsley. I don't know what evil plans you're referring to, <laughs> but I remember my evil plans when you were younger. Like I had a way of controlling you. <laughs> um, I would always tell Jenny, come here. And she's like, no, you're going to hit me. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to hit you. And she's like, yeah, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then she'd walk over and I'd hit her. I <laughs> was <laughs> yeah, a good brother. Yeah. And then whenever my parents went out of town, they'd leave us money. And somehow I'd convince her if we go like buy a pizza we can live off this pizza and go buy me a video game. She's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But then it shifted to where they left the money with me mm-hmm. and I would be in charge of it. Mm-hmm. And you became the Pugsley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, since you bring up Pugsley, I forgot one last thing. His name almost wasn't Pugsley in the original comic. Oh, really? 
um, they actually said no to his original name. Pubert. Pubert. Yep. Oh, was it? It is. <laughs> so that's why they named the baby Pubert in this. Oh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is a terrible Easter name. eggs. Easter eggs. Do you think these movies could have been made today? I don't know. I like this is one of those things where like once like once you've seen it, you've seen the original, like you're you're kind of jaded and you're like, I don't know if anybody could do it as well as they did. You know what I mean? I just mean in today's atmosphere, like with all the child violence and oh, I see. I, yeah, I don't even know if it would fly nowadays with all that type of stuff that's going on. You know what I mean? Like the 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 even like the new Adams Family uh, cartoon, it was kind of tame for Adams Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they'd be able to do like the Thanksgiving scene, even though it was like a commentary on you know white privilege and everything. I still feel like they they had kids in like Native American. <laughs> garb and that wasn't appropriate so i think even though they were trying to say like how bad it was i don't know that they would be able to do that in today's day and age i think people would still get offended even though they were trying to mm-hmm. you know speak for the native american people and say like that was really messed up i agree i don't think it would be able to fly because it would be put under a microscope mm-hmm. today yeah everybody would be like that's not pc <laughs> Uh, do you think that a third movie without Raul Julia would have been an okay move? Did we want another one with all said characters, or is it good that it was technically put to bed? Well, did you did you ever see the one that went straight to video? I don't have any memory of it whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's also talk about a reboot. I I semi enjoyed the animated one. If this was turned into a series, I would watch it every single yeah. week. But, um, you but, know, I, I miss having Angelica Houston as Morticia and all the rest of the, you yeah. know, the gang. I wonder if this movie would have succeeded having a full-fledged trilogy with all At cast included. Yeah, I, that's, that was the impression that I got watching this was that, yeah, this could have gone on because the the basic premise is so adaptable. You can throw anything at this family and send them on adventures. Exactly, so yeah. They they certainly... I mean, I I think the direct-to-video one might have been, like, in the works. Like, maybe they were ready to do a third one, and then uh, he passed away. I could have I seen this being a huge... I mean, it, it already is a big, successful franchise from the 90s, even though it's just two movies, but I could have... I could definitely have seen that going on throughout the 90s as a, as a big thing. Like, at, at least a third movie. Gotcha. Yeah, I I thought about the idea of a prequel, sort of an origin. I would love to know where they came from, why this family is so <laughs> different. Are they in the supernatural? Is there official magic to be involved, you know? And because we lost one of the two uh, lead characters, you know, like casting younger versions of them of how they met, we don't have to worry about the whole family bit. We can kind of get into that because the animated one the very first like five minutes of the film is a literal origin story of how the family got together and why they live in the specific house that they live in and how they found lurch all of that was explained in this like straight shot forward starting with their wedding i actually wouldn't mind um a prequel to this if they really wanted to do it but i'm glad that adam's family is still an idea that hasn't sort of gone away you know they easily could have just not made this animated movie and just kept going. You know, somebody out there thinks that kids today can still resonate with a family like mm-hmm. this, and I think that's yeah. cool. Um, but I, again, I always enjoyed this movie a lot for its way of letting the weirdo be cool. So what are we going to rate this movie? I think we should rate it out of fingers. Fingers? Fingers. You know, for thing. Okay. Which, that was dirty, too, when... Um, <laughs> They made mention to like they need to get someone for Fester, so it's not always just thing. Right, <laughs> right. I, I I never caught that before, and I was kind of like, hmm. and thing kind of like shook on the mantle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, sorry, fingers. All right, just or when know. Debbie sucked his fingers. Yes, like, yes, and then he like froze that. up and fell off. Yeah, I was like, like ew, that's been all over the floor and walls. That's gross. your concern. <laughs> Or when Fester and Gomez saw the picture of their mom in Fester's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
That was weird. <laughs> All right, Jesse, how many fingers? I would give this. How are we doing out of five? Five. Five, five out of five fingers. Wow. Because I love it. I would recommend it. I would watch it if it would be on TV. I'd stop. I'd keep watching it. <laughs> it's just a classic to me. So five out of five. I'm also going to give it five out of five fingers. You said this came out in what, 93? 93. Okay, so we're like almost 20 years later here. And like, it still holds up. Like, it's still so funny. And um, like, it, like I was dying the whole time. And I haven't seen this movie in probably like 10 years or more at this point. I give it five out of five fingers. Um, I still think it holds up as well. Mm-hmm. And it does make a lot of political statements mm-hmm. in it. And a lot of the things are kind of shocking that it brings up or mentions. So I was pretty impressed. I can't believe y'all rated it so high and actually disagree. I'm going to give it five out of five fingers <laughs> because same reasons. It's It still holds up. I still laugh every time. I recommend it to everybody. We quote it all the time. So yeah, this is a great movie. Wow, this is a sequel from the 90s and we all gave it five out of five. The 90s had good sequels. They did. How many pastels... <laughs> Out of one through five, Noah, would you give Adam Sandler values? I would give it three and a half. Three and a half pastels. Very good. How about you? I'm feeling quite generous today. I think I'd go four. You go four? Mm -hmm. Okay. I am going to say 3.5 as well. I was really juggling with 3.5 or four. This movie is, again, a more go to than the first two. As a standalone movie, Again, I, I think I just would have wanted more family mm-hmm. to you know together and whatnot. Acting was fine. It was part. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. I, I love their you know depiction of each character. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this um, last episode before we go on break. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, we'll miss you. My first and my last. Yeah, hopefully you never come back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to thank you guys both for helping me review this movie. It was fun watching it, too, again with you guys as well. Uh, so, David, you're still doing the podcast of your own I tell everyone. I am up to put together a second season. Uh, the first season, I started releasing it in December of last year, and it went through to the spring. So maybe that's just going to end up being my schedule. Like, once a year, I'll release a season of my podcast. And tell everyone what it Which- is is <laughs> dates with a jesus gay it's the coming out stories of lgbt christians i have talks with people and they just kind of well they tell their origin stories really is what they do where so, can the first season be found anywhere you find podcasts awesome very good noah a gem always glad to have you on thank you for having me <laughs> of course and can't wait to do more of these with you All right, everyone, that is going to do it for Adam's Family Values, episode 66. And Sean, this is our last recording of Movie Geek and Proud for a while. Right, and I think it's fitting that we got to do it to Adam's Family Values, and especially with such veterans of the show. You know, Noah and Jesse have been on multiple times, David and Chris have been on a few times, so... This was a fun episode. Yeah, I was glad that everyone got to participate when they did. And um, yeah, I, I I would say that they are going to continue on uh, recording with us in some, in some shape or form. Uh, as we start recording more uh, movies for you guys. And uh, you'll also hear from Sean. Sean's going to start you know, recording stuff on his own. You are not going to have Rob in every episode in the future. Right. I was going to mention that too. I'm glad you brought it up because Rob's original plan for this show was not to have Sean as a co-host, but have a more of a revolving cast. So I think we're going to try that for a while. Whenever we feel like recording, it may not be with each other, but with definitely a revolving cast. Yeah. Yeah. So um, look out for us. You may see, you know, some episodes somewhere down the pipeline as we 
gear up and and uh, record more episodes for you guys. Uh, if you guys still want to hear both of our voices together, we do have a second show together. It is on the recap of the original Charm show. We call it Brunch with the Hollowells, and you can hear that on any podcast available, most likely, except for SoundCloud and Stitcher for some mm-hmm. stupid reason. But um, yeah. Uh, catch that show every Sunday during brunch. So maybe around nine, 10 ish is when we usually post episodes each Sunday. We're on season three now and we have five more to go. (laughs) 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 And, um, check me out on once upon a cult. We just wrapped season one where we focused on bigger cults and season two is coming soon where we decided our theme is going to be celebrities and cults. Oh, crazy. There's enough for a full season. You'd be surprised because I found on my own enough for the whole season, but we coupled that with the ones Victoria found and we had to cut like some celebrities out of it. Oh, wow. Crazy. Well, definitely catch that. That's what every Monday? Every Monday. Every Monday you said. That's right. All right. Well, again, we want to thank all the MGs for um, being listeners to our show each week. And also to the special folks over in our Patreon for supporting us for as long as they did, uh, or as long as you did. Thank you so much for your support. We hope that you continue with that as our show, again, is not gone, just on hold. And anything that you put towards the Patreon page is still going towards our sister show as well. So if you still think you'd like to still contribute, that'd be great. Uh, We'll definitely figure out a way to keep you guys entertained as we're on hold. And uh, yeah, this is not goodbye. This is a see you later. So again, thank you all for listening to us and we will definitely be back. We are going to continue posting questions a week to gear up for our future episodes. So most likely anytime you see those on our Twitter and Instagram, you'll know that we'll be recording another episode out there. So just keep an eye out for that. We still love your answers and participation. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. Ba-boom. <laughs> Say goodbye to the MGs, Sean. Goodbye, MGs. <laughs>